Welcome to the Econ Dev Show. We explore the strategies, ideas, and insights that are driving economic development forward into the future. You'll hear new insights from passionate EDs about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from attraction and retention experts about how to apply actionable strategies inside your EDO. We'll help take your organization, your community, and your career to the next level. Here's your host, Dane Carlson. Welcome back to the Econ Dev Show. Today we have Andy Sokolovich. He is the interim president and CEO at the Clinton Regional Development Corporation in Clinton, Iowa, and he's also the co-host of the Develop This Podcast. Andy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I am really happy to have you here. I am uh, very interested in hearing about the podcast that you do, but maybe that's not right for this time. What I really <laughs> want to know about today is about Clinton, Iowa, and this Grow Clinton merger that's happened between the, the Chamber of Commerce and the, uh, the EDO. So tell us about that. Tell us about your role there because you're, the, you're just the interim CEO. I watched the YouTube videos of the votes and it didn't look like there were any nays whatsoever. So was this a contentious issue? How did this all happen? No. So again, thank you so much for having me on the show. So the idea of merging the Chamber of Commerce and the Clinton Regional Development Corporation, our regional EDO, has been going on for the better part of a decade, right? And we were all waiting for the right time to do it. The problem is merging two organizations is difficult, right? And people Absolutely. didn't want to yeah. take that the effort on. Well, following the pandemic, we realized that there was a lot of redundancies among the Clinton Regional Development Corporation and the Clinton Area Chamber of Commerce. And now was the time to merge, to create a combined organization known as Grow Clinton. And it took a lot of effort from both volunteers and staff to have this come through to fruition. So we've been working, actively working on this merger for the better part of 18 months. Wow. Okay. Um, as somebody who's been in a city where there's an EDO and a, and a chamber and a tourism bureau, how did that how did this even come about? Why was there this desire? Are the boards mostly the same? Is it the same volunteers working in all the organizations? Because it seems to me like you would have a lot of territorial issues between the organizations. Yeah. I mean, Clinton, Iowa, and our surrounding communities are very welcoming. But here's the thing. You hit the nail on the head when you said there was a lot of volunteers serving on the exact same boards. So when you have a board meeting on Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday for three different right. organizations, essentially working towards the same goal. Uh, the idea of merging is very simple, right? Not only does it allow us to provide people with additional time away from the boardroom, um, but it allows us to combine budgets and really partner to do some amazing things throughout the organization. And that's what I'm excited about. I mean, for the better part of 68 years is how long the Clinton Regional Development Corporation has been around and 150 years for the Clinton Area Chamber of Commerce. That's over 200 years of institutional knowledge working towards growing the community, yet we weren't working together, right? We weren't, right. we didn't have a combined strategic plan. We didn't have a single mission statement. We weren't focused. And after 200 years of doing business one way, sometimes it takes a pandemic to shake things up and realize that it's time to do business a different way. 
Uh, so we brought the minds of the community, philanthropic minds of the community, the the influencers of the community together and said, this is something we want to do. We were already in the same building. We reside here at 721 South 2nd Street in Clinton, Iowa. We work towards a common goal, yet we're separated by a hallway. It makes no logical sense. Uh, so the idea of merger was was positioned and it was well accepted. And here we are today following the March 31st, 2022 meeting. We had a unanimous approval from both of our boards, our members and our investors to pursue this merger and then ultimately complete it. So our attorneys, that's what was actually the hardest part is working through all the legal implications of if I don't do this, then that. If I, if I have to do this, then that. But once we had that all strategically planned, right now our attorneys are updating our legal name through the Secretary of State's office, and we're ready to rock and roll as a 501c6 community-focused organization designed to help grow businesses within the community. And if you're in a community where you have separate tourism and economic development and chambers of commerce, chances are they're, they're talking about a potential merger because that's the way of today, right? I mean, that's the absolutely. way people are doing business. And I hadn't thought about the pandemic, but that absolutely would have been an issue. Um, just seeing all the meetings that you go to and seeing all the times that you get together with different people. And especially when we were very cognizant of who we were coming into contact with, if you're doing meetings with the same group of people over and over and over again, that would you know seem like a no-brainer. Going into this, was one of the organizations or were one of the organizations seen as being more powerful or, or having more resources than one of the others? Was it an unbalanced sort of triumvirate? I don't want to call it unbalanced, but from a balance sheet, if you're looking at it as an accountant, uh, the, the Clinton Regional Development Corporation following a five-year successful funding campaign um, was a little bit more powerful in the bank account sector. Uh, we could bring a little bit more to the table as far as assets go. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce, though, was still succeeding and doing great things. And tourism was doing well, obviously taking a hit in 2020 and 2021 with you know uh, less people traveling. But ultimately, we were looking at combining those assets to create an organization that was more powerful. So it really didn't come down to dollars and cents. I have been focused on, in my professional career on business retention and expansion. Whereas the Chamber of Commerce really wasn't doing any business outreach to uh, our industrial partners. They did a lot with retail and small business. So the opportunity for us to collaborate and do more with retail and small business was huge. And one of my greatest passions is entrepreneurial development. Prior to this merger, I wasn't dipping my toes in the entrepreneurial development right. waters, sure. right? I was out there chasing smokestacks like many economic development organizations do. But when we look at our community and we understand that a bulk of, of our employment base works for companies that are legacy companies, second, third generation companies, it's common sense to say we need to support entrepreneurial growth because somebody walked out of a shower on a Tuesday and started decided to start a concrete company. You know, somebody was driving down the road and decided to start a small business, uh, you know, folded carton packaging company. And we're talking about second and third generation ownership who are all friends of mine. And when I sit down and I have conversations with them and they say, oh, my grandfather, my great grandfather decided to start this business, who inspired them at the time? And what is that today? 
And today here in Clinton, Iowa, in the surrounding communities, that is Grow Clinton. We are the inspiration and we are the one-stop shop for entrepreneurial development. So if you have an idea for a business and you want to get that business launched to the next level, maybe you have an existing business you want to expand, you can walk in our door here, 721 South 2nd Street in Clinton, and actually talk to us and meet with subject matter experts. For a long time, that wasn't an option. We weren't doing that. We were more reactive than proactive. Uh, but now we are a very proactive and progressive organization, all because of a merger and ideas of individuals who understood economic development in today's world. That's a fantastic description. And I'd imagine that, like you said earlier, all across the country, organizations got to be looking at this. They, they have to be examining how things work, especially I'd say from the Chamber of Commerce perspective. 20 years ago, you went to the Chamber of Commerce because they were the way, if you were a retail business, they were the way that you communicated with the residents and the other retail businesses in the area. And today we have uh, Facebook groups where people can do it themselves. We have email and, and all those other options that, that go, other social media kinds of options that go along with sort of the, the connected world that we live in now. So I can imagine that there would be benefits for organizations like the Chamber of Commerce to connect their expertise with other experts in other fields and make them more valuable. I get from the EDO perspective that it was, you get, it puts you in touch with those small businesses, puts you in touch with that entrepreneurial um, development feel. But what about from the the tourist? What did they get out of the, what did the tourism and what did that side of it get from this, this transaction? What's funny is when you speak to somebody in the tourism industry and they actually relate to you what, how much money is spent in tourism within your region every single year, um, obviously estimates, jaws drop, right? Right. What I, what I find to be just f f funny is that I go to all these economic development conferences and I go to additional schooling and I hear people talk about tourism as a leg of the economic development stool. Yet for many organizations, tourism isn't often thought about as economic development. And in my mind, I say, why not? We're hosting events through the Chamber of Commerce. That's an aspect of tourism. We're bringing people in to, to look at our community through economic development. That's an aspect of tourism, whether we're bringing in site selectors or whomever. Um, tourism is all around us. It's constant. It's a 24-7 operation. And what better way to recruit and grow your population than share a positive story with a tourist? And that's sure. why one of the things we want to do is bring in leaders of some of our hospitality industry, sit them down, have a conversation with them regarding what's going on in the community. Take them on a bus tour. If you walk into Hampton Inn in Clinton, Iowa, and you ask the person sitting behind the counter, what's new in the community, what's there to do? And their response is, I don't know then shame on us, right? right. That's not that right. person's responsibility. We need to educate them as to the amenities that are available and share with them what's going on in the area. Why often, you know, if you're not seeing dirt moving, people just assume there's nothing happening. But I can guarantee, you know, inside baseball, being on the behind the curtain and like kind of the Wizard of Oz of, of economic development, that there's a lot going on. And we can't share all of that because some of it's confidential, but man, if we can just tap into that resource of those, what I call first responders or the first touch that somebody has when they come in the community and educate them as to what's going on and allow them to be our voice box, right? Our ambassadors, 
things will be much better. And that's an aspect of tourism, not necessarily economic development as, as in the traditional sense, but tourism. So that's why I feel like partnering with the tourism agencies, partnering with Chamber of Commerce, this whole merger was such a brilliant idea because we're all going to be on the same page in lockstep doing what's best for the community as a whole. That's phenomenal. And everything you said about tourism is totally correct. I mean, it, it all starts with a visit, right? Before you find a location to relocate your business to or open a new business, you had to visit there. Before you find some place new to live, you had to visit there. And it, it all goes back to that visit. And if you can if you can get everyone, because that's what it sounds like, not just the organizations, but the businesses in the community, the hospitality businesses in the community on the side of here's what's happening and here's what's exciting development-wise in Clinton, Iowa, you're going to have great success. Next question I have is, what about the staffs? I'd imagine that the two organizations had, had some staff. How did that part of it all play out? How is that going to work? Here's what I love about this concept, right? Is I'm a firm believer. If you ever read the book Strengths Finder 2.0, I'm a I'm a Gallup certified strengths coach. I love looking at individuals based on their strengths and their perceived lesser talents. I don't say weaknesses, I say lesser talents. What I love about the opportunity to create an organizational chart for a merged organization is we can finally sit down with staff and have a conversation about what makes them tick. What about their job did they love? What about the job maybe do they don't like and they find it to be somewhat deflating and we can start creating positions around their natural talents. Uh, to me, that's an incredible opportunity that a lot of companies uh, don't take advantage of because for some reason we created a long time ago this thing called the job description. And this is what you're going to do. And at the end, it says like all other duties as assigned. Uh, this is what you're going to do. This is the box that you're going to live in. This is your silo. Welcome to company A. Uh, we're not doing that here in Clinton. We're just going to sit down with staff and have conversations about what their strengths and talents are and really mold those job descriptions to meet their desires and their needs as to what they want. Because why? We want to retain them. It, studies have shown over and over and over again, it is not cost effective to have a tremendous amount of turnover. We have rock solid staff members in this organization. What we need to do now is just ensure that they are equipped with the, with the information and the technology they need to do their job effectively. And that requires communication, something that some companies are afraid of. Um, but being a smaller combined EDO chamber now with a tourism aspect, uh, we are comfortable enough sitting down having those conversations. So nobody's losing their job. Uh, if anything, their job responsibilities may increase and they'll have new opportunities moving forward. So it's very exciting. And if you're not excited by this and your heart's not ticking, because uh, when you're in the business of community development and you have rock solid people that are already in your staff, you should be leveraging their talents to the maximum extent possible to do what's best for your investors and your members. Uh, that's what they do every day. We want them to come to work empowered and excited about being a part of Bro Clinton. Fantastic. I mean, this just sounds to me like you you check all the boxes about having done everything correctly. And it it I'd imagine in a lot of communities, this seems like this far off dream, this thing that we know that we need, but we're we're just not there yet. Did you have any board members in either of the organizations who took a while to come on board with it? Or was this something that was just so obvious that you didn't have to talk anybody into it? How did that part play out? Change is hard. 
right? For some yeah. of our long-term board members, Dane, it's, they were maybe uncomfortable with the situation. And it's and probably for that reason, we, have, we didn't do it 10 years ago. But having conversations with the boards, three boards, and letting them know that not only would they be, they would continue to be involved, maybe not in, the, in a board director seat, but as a committee member, and that their opinion counts. See, I'm in the, I'm in the mindset that you need to value everybody's opinion. Nobody's more important than the other. I don't care if you're the chair. I don't care if you were elected to the board, you know, the, the last reporting period or your last fiscal year. You are a person who I want to tap into and generate and, and, and cultivate those ideas. So when we've revealed that to the board, this is going to be a combined effort. We were all going to play nice in the sandbox together. Then anybody who had any concerns, those concerns were washed away. They just simply wanted to know their opinion counted moving forward and they weren't being pushed aside. And that's very important as you look to structure a board of a merged organization is that everybody has some insight. Everybody's able to share their opinion. We reached out to all three boards and we actually asked them, would you like to serve on the board of directors for the combined organization? Several responded and said, yes, absolutely. But a, a lot of them responded and said, no, I feel like I've done my time. I want to be involved in a committee, but I don't necessarily need to sit on a board. And to me, that's huge. That's a great tip of the hat saying you're moving in the right direction. I feel like I've given you everything that I have as a board director. However, I still want my input and my insights to count. Please place me on a committee. And that's what I think we need to do moving. I don't think I know moving forward in a merged organization, you're going to have a board of directors going to have fiduciary responsibility and needs to apply, um, the responsibilities of a board of director to the organization. However, those committees, those supporting committees is what really counts. To me, they're the most important people because they're the ones that are providing you with feedback and insight and oversight. Uh, often, I think we put too much power into the board of directors, but the reality is, is the committees are really what makes the, you know, the butter churn and what moves us forward towards success. So to answer your question, we had really no pushback at all from any of the directors once we were able to draft a narrative and our value proposition and then approach them with that value proposition and share it excitedly. You keep speaking in the plural. Who else was involved in this? Because I can't imagine this was one organization just pushing for it, and it wasn't just you doing it. Who else was leading this effort? So we developed, uh, like I said, about 16 months ago, we developed a merger committee with representation from all the boards of the Economic Development Organization, representation from the Chamber of Commerce and the Convention and Visitors Bureau. And those individuals sat around the table and kind of directed the, the, the way that we were going to merge these organizations. They had some, some staff support, but I will give kudos to those volunteers because they put in a tremendous amount of sweat, blood and tears into making this come through to fruition. And without those volunteers, we would not be where we're at today. Um, so staff could only move the needle so far, but they were our ambassadors. They were the ones that were out there speaking on behalf of the merger. They were the ones that were joining me at Rotary and Kiwanis and Lions. And it was just a, a core group of people that were as equally as passionate as I am about moving this merger forward. And again, without them, there's no way we would have Grow Clinton today. So I owe a tremendous amount uh, to their efforts and their dedication uh, as as basically indentured servants <laughs> as volunteers, you know? 
like I said, this just seems like an utter dream come true for Clinton. And I'd imagine it it is, a. I know for a fact that it would be a dream for organizations all across the country. Uh, how did they even get started? What's the first step that you would need to even take to begin in a community, something like this, if it was, if it hasn't been talked about for generations already? Uh, your first step is acknowledging that you're better together, not apart. And honestly, in a small community like Clinton, Iowa, and even in a large metro, the philanthropic pool is getting shallow, right? right. You see a lot of large companies turning to uh, foundations and not necessarily just blindly giving to economic development organizations or blindly joining the Chamber of Commerce. So once we would establish that we were better together and that I should not be in competition with the Chamber of Commerce, I should not go as a 501c4 organization, which the CRDC, the Clinton Regional Development Corporation was, with my handout asking for investment to support a five-year funding campaign and coming in behind me in the same door is the Chamber of Commerce asking for investment in, this, in, in their campaign. We're in the same building. That's ridiculous. That's right. robbing from Peter to give to Paul. I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. So when we realized we were better off together and we could combine our efforts, the merger was, was simple and the conversation was very simple. And honestly, our existing industries and businesses love it. Why? Because now we've switched from the Chamber of Commerce was running what I consider to be an antiquated membership platform, which is based purely on employee count and for banks based on deposits. We have now mm -hmm. switched to a tier due structure. There's no reason that our membership engagement coordinator should have to call somebody and solicit investment for a sponsorship for a golf outing and just pick up the phone and call every single person they can probably think of. So we've built sponsorship into our tier due structure moving forward. So our companies now receive one invoice from us. And that includes sponsorship. It includes a tremendous amount of opportunities to be in part of, you know, biz after fives, networking opportunities, business services through the SBA, the SBDC, SCORE, all these things that we were offering before, but we never really put in a sexy little package. And now we've been able to do that. So as a merged organization, we are so much more powerful and the collaboration started day one. I mean, even though legally we were merged on the 31st of March, 20. 2022. We've been working together now for the better part of well, the duration since the concept of merger actually started. So we're already marching in lockstep. So now all we need to do is slap some new logos on our marketing collateral and kick butt and take names. You have, I think you've given hope to a lot of people in a lot of organizations all across the country that things can change. They can get rid of the territoriality that is inherent in many small communities with organizations fighting with other organizations. Uh, yeah, this is a, a total breath of fresh air and something to aspire to. If any of our guests want to reach out to you and just like pick your brain about how this process works or, or what they should do in their situation, can I send them your way? Absolutely. I love so talking what, about stuff like this. Good. So what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Best way is to hit me up on LinkedIn. You're not going to find many Sokoloviches on LinkedIn. So just search Andy Sokolovich and, and just we'll connect, message me, and we'll have a great conversation. Andy, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, Dane. 
listening to the Econ Dev Show with Dane Carlson. If you're an economic developer who never stops learning, for more expert strategies, fresh insights, and new ideas to take your career, organization, and your community to the next level, visit us on the web at econdevshow.com.